Hey, hey, y'all. It's me, Robin. And just real quick before we get to today's episode, if you are loving listening to the podcast, or maybe you don't know because you've just pressed play for the first time ever, but if you like to listen to things in your earbuds, you are going to be so happy to know that Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors is now released as an audiobook. You can get it in Audible or wherever else you get your audiobooks. And of course, you can still get it in print and ebook. If you go to robingobel.com slash book, it's going to give you all the options, including that you could order a signed copy from my local bookstore. Alrighty, y'all. Here's that podcast episode you're waiting for. Hey, y'all. It's me, Robin, your host here at the Parenting After Trauma podcast. Just real quick before we get into today's episode, I'm reminding you that the inaugural cohort of Being With, which is my new immersive and holistic program for professionals who work with kids and families, it's open for registration until December 17th. So it's possible it'll sell out before then. It Looking at the numbers right now, it could really go either way. But definitely my recommendation is if you're planning to register, I wouldn't delay too much longer. And if you're still deciding, be sure to head over to the website, watch the videos at robingobel.com slash being with. And if after that you have more questions, we can have a quick chat over the Voxer app, or you can schedule a quick Zoom chat. This program is really shaping up to be something quite spectacular. And I'd love to have you be a part of this inaugural cohort, robingobel.com slash being with. All right, let's get to today's episode. Superheroes and superpowers might not be exactly what you were expecting when you pressed play on today's episode, but bear with me. This will all make sense soon, I promise. I'm Robin Goebel. This is the Parenting After Trauma podcast, where I take the science of being relationally, socially, and behaviorally human and translate it for parents of kids who have experienced trauma. This is episode 13, X-Ray Vision Parenting. If you've followed this podcast since the beginning, you know I've been through some changes here, even in just 13 short episodes. The podcast and I are having a lovely relationship of care regulation as we figure out what works and what doesn't and then adjust accordingly. The podcast started as the audios from Facebook Lives. But I've begun to shift away from that as I've found I actually really enjoy just recording the audios in my office with the roosters crowing and the hens clucking. My intentions remain the same to get you free accessible support as fast as possible. So the podcast isn't fancy and I do very little editing. You get to hear all those rooster crows. If you love this episode, please add Parenting After Trauma to your favorite podcast player. And of course, share it with your friends and colleagues. So let's get back to talking about superheroes and superpowers. I kind of love talking about superheroes and superpowers. Hands down, my favorite movies are Marvel comic movies. I will watch them over and over and over again. And I'm I'm a lady who likes to watch movies repeatedly anyway. And almost always I'm asking for Iron Man or the Avengers or, you know, recently I watched Ant-Man finally. And I got to say, I liked Ant-Man more than I expected. So 
superheroes, superpowers. Why on earth are we talking about that? Well, if you could have a superpower, specifically one that supports you in your parenting, what superpower would you choose? I know that if I had the power to give you a superpower, it would hands down, like, I wouldn't even have to think twice about it. I would give you the superpower of x-ray vision. And more specifically, this would be x-ray vision that would let you peer immediately into what's happening inside your child. This is a useful superpower, honestly, at any time. You know, if we can have some awareness of what's happening inside our kids, that's always useful information. But I think it's especially useful and especially important if we could have this x-ray vision when our kids are demonstrating behaviors that we find pretty challenging. You know, if we could use this x-ray vision or maybe put on like x-ray vision goggles in the moment of difficult or challenging behavior and see like what's happening in their brain in this moment, what neurons are firing, what memories are awakening, you know, like memories that are are verbal memories that have pictures associated with them that feel like memories or memories that are pre-verbal or don't have a picture that go along with them, don't have that felt sense of remembering. We would call those implicit memories. What, what dangers are they detecting in their environment or in the relational space or inside their own bodies? Right? Like how hard is their accelerator being pressed? What's their level of arousal? What's the energy that's underneath their behavior is coming from their autonomic nervous system, right? What neurotransmitters are flooding their brains or, or, or what hormones, right? And, and why would any of this even matter? Why would I choose x-ray vision to be the superpower I gave out to every parent everywhere, but especially parents of kids with challenging behaviors, parents of kids with a history of trauma. Why x-ray vision power over something that seems a lot more fun, like superhuman strength or being teeny tiny like Ant-Man or shooting spider webs out of your wrist, right? Well, the attachment and parenting research and literature have this concept called reflective functioning and mentalizing. And if we looked at attachment research, attachment literature coming out of academia and then being applied to our clinical lives, like in the therapy room or to our practical lives as we're parenting, mentalizing and reflective functioning are these two ideas that continually come up when we're looking at secure attachment and how secure attachment is created and 
what is a really important characteristic of a parent who offers secure attachment. We find reflective functioning and mentalizing. I call reflective functioning and mentalizing x-ray visions. I just want to simplify it, take away words that are kind of hard to remember or seem a little bit confusing. And we're just going to simplify this and call it x-ray vision. Okay, so reflective functioning and mentalizing x-ray vision is the ability to see past what you can see, right? Which are the behaviors. The behaviors are what's being acted out. The behaviors are what we can clearly articulate and clearly see, right? So reflective functioning and mentalizing x-ray vision is the power to see past the behaviors, past what you see, and think about, consider, be curious, have some ideas about what's actually driving those behaviors. What's going on inside? What's going on inside our kids? Or honestly, we can apply this concept to to anybody. It's not just about kids, but what's going on inside that's fueling the behaviors, what's underneath the behaviors, what's driving the behaviors. The brain is literally behind everything, every single thing we do. The brain is underneath. And there's a moment when I say that out loud, and I think people hear me say that out loud. There's a moment of like, well, obviously, right? Like we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be doing anything without the brain to support all of those functions and behaviors. But sometimes we do lose sight of the brain driving behaviors. So for example, the behavior of lying, right? I think it stands to reason that we should consider what's going on in our kid's brain when they're telling a lie, right? And and then what would happen? Like if we really could think about what's going on, like a step past the behavior, a step past the lie, underneath it, if we could consider that, you know, what would change? There are an infinite number of things happening in our brains, our minds, our bodies, and our nervous systems at any given moment, right? So I primarily teach parents and professionals to consider three primary things. Like these are by far not the only things. These are the things that I have found to be the most helpful to parents of kids with challenging behaviors as well as the most applicable, right? That we can actually get some useful information out of considering with our x-ray vision goggles, what is our child's regulation? What is our child's connection, both to themselves and to the adults, the other people in their worlds? And what is my child's experience of felt safety, right? So when I'm asking parents to put x-ray vision goggles on, I'm specifically thinking about, let's get curious about regulation, connection, and felt safety, right? So is my child regulated? So here's the thing, because what we know about the relational neurobiology of being human and that connection's a biological imperative and what our brain is always seeking and looking for and trying to move towards, 
right? If my kid is behaving in a way that is out of control or not inviting connection, the answer is probably no, that, that they're not regulated, right? Dysregulation isn't only about like chaotic, out of control behavior, right? I'm, I'm also considering behaviors that aren't inviting connection to be dysregulation. So even behaviors that look in control, behaviors like a really intentional or well thought out lie for me, that indicates the possibility of a lack of felt safety, right? A lack of felt safety turns on what we call protective behaviors instead of connecting behaviors. And, and I talked about the difference between connection and protection in a previous episode, Right. So a lack of felt safety turns on protective behaviors instead of connecting behaviors. And then the intensity of those behaviors really depends on where my child is on the arousal continuum. And I also have an early podcast episode that talks about the arousal continuum and several blog articles about tracking the arousal continuum as well. I'll link to all of those in the show notes. Okay. And and then we can consider connection, right? When we think about lying, is my child out of connection with me and therefore not really concerned about the impact of this behavior on our relationship? Or is my child concerned about the impact on our relationship and the connection? And, and, and that's why they're lying because they have a fear that if they tell the truth, the connection will be impacted. Is my child prioritizing what they want in that moment as opposed to maintaining our relationship through a value like honesty, right? So are they prioritizing their want, which which oftentimes, especially for a dysregulated child, can feel like a need or for a child with a history of a lot of trauma, wants and needs get confused and, and conflated and wants can feel like needs. So is my child prioritizing a want, over maintaining our connection through honesty. If we assume that kids know the right thing to do, I mean, in general, kids know, like they have the cognitive knowledge that lying isn't the right thing to do, right? If we're going to talk about behaviors in black and white terms, like right and wrong, which, which isn't always helpful. But if we're going to talk about the idea of lying, you know, as, as wrong, as opposed to honesty being right, right? Most kids know that, right? So the, the, the behavior isn't a matter of them not knowing, right? If that's true, it's not a matter of the child not knowing what the quote unquote right thing to do is, then I make the assumption that there's something going on with regulation, connection, and or felt safety. When I couldn't say for certain that this is 100% right in all circumstances, that we can always trace behavior to regulation, connection, and felt safety. I, I haven't done a formal study. I can't really prove the null hypothesis, all that kind of good stuff, right? But honestly, I really can't think of a situation in which I was using my x-ray vision goggles with my child or with my spouse or with my clients or, or with the parents of my clients that I couldn't eventually see how a challenging behavior it was related to a lack of connection, a lack of regulation, or a lack of felt safety. I really can't think of a time where I couldn't trace it back to one or a combination of all of those things. 
right? If we can see through to the real problem, we can address the real problem. If I know what's driving the behavior, what's underneath the behavior, then I can go there and address that. Okay, so let's go back to the superpower of x-ray vision. And now I'm going to add, let's call it a booster pack to it, okay? So now we have x-ray vision that not only allows us to see what's happening inside our child that's connected to a behavior that we can observe, but now with this booster pack, it lets us hold in our minds the truth that our own mind influences what we are seeing. Yeah, so this booster pack to the, gives you like x-ray vision back on yourself. It's kind of like it bounces off your kid and comes right back to you or, or, or something like that, right? That I can use this x-ray vision not only to consider what's happening inside my child. And be curious about that, but I have awareness of the fact that my mind is influencing how I see through those x-ray vision goggles, right? Our child's minds and brain and nervous system impacts their experiences in the world. And so do ours, right? As the adult, as the parents, my behavior, the, my mind, my brain, my nervous system is impacted by all those experiences that I've had, right? So what's happening in your brain, mind, and body, and nervous system, which is, of course, impacted by everything that's ever happened to you in the past, you're influencing how you're seeing your child in that moment. It's influencing how you're seeing your child's what theoretically seems like observable, objective behavior, right? But it's all, it's influencing that. Like nothing is truly that, you know, objective, right? So it's influencing what we can see. And it's also influencing how our x-ray vision goggles are working. So again, if we stick with the lying example, and that's easy enough, I'm, I'm gonna have a podcast episode next week that'll be an even deeper dive into the behavior of lying. Now, I can use my own x-ray vision goggles on myself to notice my reaction to the lying. My nervous system experiences lying as like a danger, danger sign, right? So then I move into a protective place in my own nervous system, right? So I move out of a connective place in my nervous system and into a protective place in my nervous system. And then this contributes to my child's experience of felt safety because part of how they're experiencing felt safety is the connected or protective state of my nervous system. I know this starts to get a little bit convoluted and feels a little like a house of mirrors. So try to just stay with me here, right? So now I'm in a protective place of my own nervous system. And that means I'm probably not using my thinking brain very well, because when we move into this protective state of our nervous system, our mind and our brain and our body is starting to prepare to respond to danger. And sometimes staying connected to our thinking brain when we're facing danger is really important. And sometimes staying connected to our thinking brain when we're facing danger 
is not important and is it actually like a hindrance? It really depends on our neuroception of the level of danger and our level of arousal. But regardless, I've likely because I've moved into this protective space, I've probably lost some of my curiosity, right? Some of my X-ray vision about why we're in the middle of this lie. You know, depending on my own past experiences with lying, I may have gone zero to 60 and zero to 60 fast, right? If lying is a behavior that feels particularly vulnerable or triggering to me, which it might based on my own past experiences of lying and being lied to. I'm interrupting the show real quick because if you happen to be a new listener, you might find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all this information. That makes total sense. I mean, there's like 150 episodes plus all the free resources that are available over my website. It's just a lot. So many folks have asked me, where do I start? So I created a separate podcast stream called Start here. What I did is I took the 10 episodes that I want you to listen to first, and that I want you to listen to in this specific order. And I put them into a separate podcast stream so that you don't have to search for them. You can just press play and they'll play one after the other after the other. If you go to robingobel.com slash start here, you'll be able to get an invitation to subscribe. And then you'll be able to listen right in the same podcast app you're using right now. RobinGobel.com slash start here. So then what is the benefit of using these x-ray vision goggles? Because honestly, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of work in our nervous systems to you know, put on and keep on those x-ray vision goggles, especially in the face of challenging behaviors, which is you know, exactly when we need those x-ray vision goggles the most. So like we mentioned previously in the podcast, that x-ray vision is my simple metaphor of describing these concepts of reflective functioning and mentalizing. And reflective functioning and mentalizing are consistently connected to raising kids with secure attachment. So the neurobiology behind secure attachment, right, is that secure attachment is related to emotion regulation, right? Secure attachment is related to having that pause before a reaction or an explosion. Secure attachment is related to insight, empathy, morality, relational skills. So like basically everything you're hoping for when you're raising kids, you secure attachment support. So secure attachment is about relationship, but secure attachment is about the brain. And secure attachment is about the development of the brain in a way that contributes to and supports emotion regulation, response flexibility. That's that pause before having a reaction, insight, empathy, morality, relational skills, which is pretty wild. And the first time I read the literature connecting secure attachment to these important 
brain functions like emotion regulation, response flexibility. I mean, I, I was just, I was blown away. And in a way I haven't stopped researching and learning about this. I mean, to me, this is the relational neurobiology of being human. So what are those x-ray vision goggles about? Why are they important? Well, x-ray vision goggles help us stay regulated, right? If, if I can see clearly what's happening inside my kid, I'm more likely to let go of like any reflex or impulse to kind of personalize their behavior or to catastrophize their behavior or to kind of future trip on their behavior, which, which means uh, future tripping is about leaving kind of the present moment and, you know, starting to be really overwhelmed by this catastrophic future that I'm imagining for my child. Right. And so it, it leaves, it takes me out of the now and pulls me into, oh my gosh, this terrible thing is going to happen to my child in the future. If I don't get this behavior to stop right now. Right. So when we stay regulated, we deal with the behavior better. I mean, always when we're regulated, we're going to deal with the behavior better because we're going to have a clearer mind, right? These extra vision goggles also then help our kids feel really, truly seen and known, right? When we have extra vision goggles on our children are experiencing even non-verbally the truth that we know they aren't bad or a liar or a thief, right? Your child, when you're with them with your x-ray vision goggles, gets to experience the truth that you know that they are in this amazingly precious human being who is just struggling in this moment and demonstrating a behavior that isn't working for you, right? That both are true, that they're preciously wonderful, amazing humans who are struggling and that this behavior is not okay and we need to do something to address it, but that their behavior isn't who they are. And our kids need us to see them this way in order for them to know it about themselves because they develop their ideas about who they are based on what they see in our eyes based on what we mirror back to them. And that was also a previous podcast episode. The changing how we see people changes people, right? And when our kids begin to know and understand this about themselves, that they're not bad kids, they're amazing kids who are struggling, things just simply get better, right? When we understand that our behaviors are a result of what's happening on our insides, we feel more empowered. It feels possible for us to do something to change those behaviors. And we can help our kids believe that too. Like we can help our kids understand that they do have some power and control over what's happening for them. And then ultimately what's happening for their behaviors. But if we feel like we're just bad kids or liars or thieves, we aren't feeling very empowered to do anything to change those behaviors because we believe they can't be changed. We believe they're like a core part of who we are. 
So x-ray vision goggles allow us to actually solve the real problem, right? Whatever is driving the behavior. Think about like a row of crashing, cascading dominoes with the final domino being the behavior. If we can see the real problem domino, we can pull out that domino and potentially stop the crashing cascade that ends up in this challenging behavior. So truly, I promise, if I'm ever offered the opportunity to grant a superpower to the whole wide world, or even just parents of kids with a history of trauma, I'm going to choose x-ray vision with a booster shot. I don't see that happening anytime in the near future. So since I don't know I'll be given a magic wand or my own superpower that would allow me to grant other people's superpowers, I'm going to just keep teaching. I'm going to just keep helping you learn about the neurobiology of being human. I'm going to keep helping you learn about how trauma impacts the neurobiology of being human. And that's why I am so fiercely driven towards this goal, towards the goal of understanding how are we, how are our minds and our brains created? What is the neurobiology of being relationally human? And then how does trauma or other types of of experiences or brain-based differences impact that neurobiology of being human, which then ultimately impacts behaviors? Because then even when we don't have a superpower granting superpower, I can still help you develop and nurture and grow that x-ray vision. So we're just going to keep doing this. More podcasts, more blogs right? And I have a super special treat in store for you. My next episode is going to be like a bonus episode. So there's going to be two that come out this week where I get to talk with Eileen Devine, a neurobehavioral support coach with expertise in supporting kids with brain-based differences that result in behavioral symptoms. Eileen is the creator of both the Brain First Parenting Program and Resilience Room. And Beyond that, Eileen's just amazing. She's a friend. She's a trusted colleague. We talk all the time, and I'm just so extremely grateful for my friendship and my relationship with Eileen. So she was the obvious natural choice to be the first person that I invite onto the podcast as I try out interviewing someone else, which is a whole new experience and a whole new skill that I'm not sure that I have created yet. So I'm just going to keep practicing. If you're parenting a kid impacted by trauma or supporting families who are caring for kids impacted by trauma, you can find so many free resources over on my website, blog articles, more podcast episodes, several free video series. You know, my, my, my video series on trauma, memory, and behavior comes with a free ebook. I have a video series all about introducing you to the model of regulation, connection, and felt safety, if that's new to you. So head over to robingobel.com and just poke around, see what's there. You'll discover all sorts of great 
different free resources. And while you're there, you can sign up to be one of the first to know when my comprehensive online course, Parenting After Trauma, Minding the Heart and Brain, reopens for registration, which I'm anticipating will be sometime in mid-February 2021. Don't forget to add Parenting After Trauma to your favorite podcast player so you'll always have the most recent episode at your fingertips. And of course, please share with your friends, colleagues, and everyone who helps care for kids impacted by trauma. Teachers, coaches, lawyers, CASA, caseworkers, everyone. We are together on this mission to really change the world. And we're going to start with adults who love and care for kids impacted by trauma. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast episode, and I will see you next time. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you, then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash being with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you could get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you could just head to my website, 
download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now. And I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.